0: Welcome back, welcome, welcome back to Juice. This is our third episode.
1: We got Chantel Rhodes.
0: You, do I have to introduce myself every time? Every
1: time because when the people are listening to us on our podcast, by the way. So we have, we go live on Thursdays right now. And then we edit this. You are right. You can turn on Apple okay. Podcast, Spotify, and listen to Juice. We release it on Monday, so we want all those. Folks she, is see right. see, your she
0: is absolutely right. See, she is absolutely right. All right, I am Chantel Rhodes. I am the co-host of Juice with my pal Cindy. I always like to say she's the smart one. I'm the cool one. Nevertheless, nevertheless, listen. Being smart is cool, so I got to step my game up, which brings me here tonight because not only are we discussing things, we are learning, we are expanding, we are growing. So with that being said, welcome back. All right. Now, this gentleman next to me, I mentioned last week a cool book called The Dating Cookbook written by my big brother, Mr. Charlton. Rhodes, who is going to break it down for us tonight. If I do my job correctly this evening, I'll get Dr. Cindy Banye, who I love and admire so deeply and who has shaped my political and social standpoint a lot with just knowledge and education. I will get her and my big brother to fight. Now, before you say, <laughs> if I do my job correctly, now, before you go off talking about How Chantel is trying to incite a riot at the Seed and Being Cafe. Shout out to Seed and Being Cafe, where we're broadcasting live from. I need you all to understand how important these individuals are to me. Two of the smartest people that I know, but myself, like every other thinker in this world, will find themselves at a point where they're like, I don't know how to feel about an issue. Or may just flat out say, I don't agree with the masses. I don't agree with the multitudes. And so... Two very powerful perspectives that I respect. My brother helped form who I am as a social worker, as an avid world traveler. I followed in his footsteps, all right? So, you know, when you see him out here, when you see me, just know that's him. And we are both a result of my beautiful mother who is in our studio audience again tonight. So, brother. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Thank me. Let us get out the way. Cozy. Yep. cozy.
2: So. <laughs> I thank you guys for bringing me on.
0: <laughs> All right. So we got the dating cookbook here. And what I failed to see in this book is something that you taught me. And that was that you got to be hard on hoes. Now. Hard on hoes? Listen.
1: Wait, I want to say that
0: again. But what that truly means. He was the first person that ever told me, Telly, you got to be hard on hoes. And what he meant by that. Is simply, you got to have a backbone in life. You can't just let people run all over. You can't just come out here acting soft and stuff because people will test you and they will try you. And they'll just be comfortable with disrespecting you. And so, my brother, let's talk Hello. about it. Why you left that part out of the book?
2: I'll tell you the purpose of that book. This was something that started with a lot of conversations around mm-hmm. the table like we are today. Yeah. And relationships are the core of the family and community. I'm a mental health therapist and I would say 80% of my conversations are about relationship issues. Okay. Whether it's family, parent, child, sibling, marriage, business, any type of relationship creates the stressors of mental health typically. Every now and then you'll get a chemical component ADHD, for instance, and anxiety can be linked to a chemical imbalance.
1: I got all that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I got all that from my first marriage.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But so relationships are my passion. Mental health is my passion. I'm here today not as a therapist. I'm just here today as a man to speak about some of the elements that I've written about, but just what I experienced in life. And i'll say before we even go further that i heard the episode that you guys did last week and i was motivated i was inspired it was a fresh sound and when we're doing our thing <laughs> we're doing That's our thing exactly when i heard it i could not turn it off i didn't want to turn it off
0: now I is it just hard. because your
2: little sister was no, on no it's very hard to keep my attention because my attention span is very limited yeah and same. i sit in sessions hour after hour and pay attention. So as soon as I'm off work, my brain goes a hundred miles an hour. But mm. when I heard you all, it was very, just a fresh Aww. take on, and I know you all from the political careers that you have, I've known Chantel since you was born. And as a little baby, we've always gone through life's turns, twists and turns together to see where you are. I'm very proud of what you're doing in the community, even beyond the election that just occurred. I also respect Cindy as well. You are someone who's always presented genuine, supportive to our family i have never cared about politics still and don't i will be honest today i still don't care as much i care more mm.
0: because so- of
2: things that have taken place in my life personally mm. and what my sister's doing i'm going to always support she mentions your name yeah. quite a bit and I, when i've heard that you're getting involved in our community the, the black community as a white female i do respect somebody who can. Be different, be bold. I don't care what your political affiliation
0: is. Yeah, and my brother is very interesting because and we share ourselves with people. So last week, I believe we talked about a lot of what I see as an increasing amount of Black folk packing their things and becoming conservatives, right? So there is this combination of feelings that I want you to speak to, Dr. Cindy, on not necessarily... It from a racial perspective, but a person who is apart from politics yeah. but cares enough, but then don't know how to jump in and mesh that together. What would you say to Mr. Chuck Rhodes about the statement? I don't care about politics. Yeah.
1: I, this is what I tell my students at FCU too. Everything is political, not everything is partisan in the way that you want. And not everything fits neatly into those partisan mm-hmm. boxes of Republican and Democrat. Okay. And this is where I think political messaging has gone off the rails, frankly, because even according to the Supreme Court and the Republican Party of the state of Florida, they use black communities as proxy for Democrats. Yeah. And that was constitutional, by the way. And
0: And that was the 2012... First of all, let me speak to how aggravating that is. As a black person to make any move in this country, it seems as though... Oh, they needed Black people to be a part. They needed an extra token, an extra this. It is so hard to just exist and to genuinely exist, but to back that up a little bit, right? So we know that we are facing what? A a potential, okay, the debt ceiling. I want you to speak on the debt ceiling and how we're about to abolish freaking we're about to abolish social security ban income taxes they're trying there was some bills proposed maybe you can help me see don't try to act like i don't be hearing stuff on c-span no, and knowing. You're picking it up on it. don't be yeah you got it
1: There's a but anyway
0: but ultimately we look around like you say everything is political but we look around and people are like this is the result of voter suppression this is the result of apathy among voters and then how does that feel to hear that in this day and age but just also, do you understand it? Do you oh, get oh, it? I, I do. I,
1: I get it because it's nasty. There's so much like, we talk about the divisiveness too, right? Yeah. There's so much going back and forth, political characters yeah. who want their votes and their voters mm-hmm. and do audacious things. Yeah. yeah. And they don't necessarily, they're not connected with regular people. Yeah. We also don't have regular people trying to run for office because it'll put you in bankruptcy.
0: But yeah, speak, but speak to but, what you feel the reason that, like I said, we see more and more Black people packing up and becoming a member of that GOP, of that conservative side. Why? What do you think that is? Do you think that's the result of some kind of strategic handpicked move that says, let me blah, blah, blah? What do you think that is?
1: So it's about one to two points. Okay. Of, of, in, from Black voters who had been Democrat to Black voters who had become, become Republican. Okay, it's okay. It's not insignificant. But it's not a huge amount. I Mm -hmm. think part of it is coming to the fact that, of course, even if you are a certain demographic, that doesn't mean you are aligned with every person of your demographic on certain
0: issues. And that's been my my stance. I'm like, I refuse to try to completely fit in when it truly doesn't sit well with me. And so there are some issues that me being LGBTQ, Black woman with locks in her hair, living in Southwest Florida. People like, this is your issue too. And I'm like, no, the hell it's not. I don't care as much about that issue. I don't have a strong stance on it, but sometimes you do feel forced to get in a box, right? And so I always have this respect and admiration for people, like my brother said, who step outside of that box, who say, you know what? Even if I don't fully get why I'm outside of this box, it did not feel right being boxed in politically, being boxed in too because of my gender, because of my raised because of whatever the case may be. And so you you have people out here wondering politically, wondering. They feel like, you know what, like you said, like Chucky said, it feels like there's this pandering to black folks sometimes. Yeah. However, we generally believe that the Democratic Party holds values that at least see us. We yeah. see us. We don't and I don't know. What
1: it's not perfect. It's um, not perfect. And but frankly there's a lot of conservative ideology that's very present within many black communities, The like mm. Christian churches, for sure, you get the LGBT issues yeah. are, are very challenging yeah. in the, the black community mm. because there's some pretty conservative views. That, on. That's
0: true. So when I'm gathering people for, to honor Roe v. Wade, I don't really call on my black sisters.
1: And that's a whole other
0: thing. I get more support for issues like that from white women. Same thing in South in Southwest Florida, at least with the LGBTQ community, black people will more so shy away from those topics from my experience Especially and advocate are
1: very entrenched right. church. women so perhaps we've
0: always been black conservatives and now we're
1: just finally I don't know. But yeah, but actually you're right. Like it's because ideology. Mm. at this point is somewhat separate often from politics Mm. and the partisanship, right? Mm -hmm. Donald Trump did a whole lot on that too, by the way. Kind of blew up all this stuff and made it more so about, and the messaging Mm. is about this party, this person, this concept instead of individual issues. Yeah. And so we're in a very strange era, I think. People have always been complicated. And I think that when we say this party is for this type of person, and this party is for that type of person, people get disenfranchised. Yeah, it's
0: so limiting.
1: Right, because they're like, I don't really fit into that. But Cindy,
0: we have an obligation to try to do something about that. And that's why I bring... I will say, say,
2: this is is the things that you shared are the things that have been on my heart Mm. and why I care a little more now because you're right that everything is political. I grew up in a mindset that whatever the outcome of my Mm. life it's going to be, it's my responsibility to manifest and make that happen. Mm-hmm. And I will use tools and institutions yeah. and information and whatever resource to get what I want for my life. Okay. Whether it's religion, I'm going to pray for this thing to work for me. it's politics, I'm going to vote for this thing to work for me. But do
0: you ever think it gets to a point where you have to almost, what's the saying, take one for the team? Right, because of course we talked about this too, being an individualistic person, but what talk about doing things for individuals versus doing them for the race as a whole? So when we talk about cancel culture, right? So there is so much of an emphasis put on people like Candace Owens, put on people like Kanye West, because it's like, how you gonna betray the people? How you gonna betray the culture? Byron Donald's even. That's one thing. That conversation has sparked something at what point do you advance self? At what point do you say, no, I got to stick with the people? How does that work with you?
2: Good question. The people, who are the people? Who do I identify with? I was an athlete. I played football, so that was my original introduction into how to work with other people and how to care about my teammate or my brother. And I am a man. I am a heterosexual man. I am a black man. I am a College graduate, I'm a father, I am a son, a brother, I am all of these different things. So, when I go into vote, for instance, or choose a party or support an issue, which one am I going in with? Ooh. Which group of people am I going to band with? Because wow. if I am a man, I have different experiences in this country as a black man than a white woman. For a black woman. Definitely. I love white, black, Hispanic, Mm -hmm. Asian. I love gay, straight, rich, poor because I see people as people. And And I go. That's
0: where it, like you said, Cindy, becomes complicated because Audre Lorde, I believe, said damn don't make me divide myself she ain't say it like that she didn't bust out talking about damn shout out to audrey lord but it's don't make me divide myself against myself when i wake up in the morning am i going to be woman first am i going to be black first am i going to be feminist first am i going to be family first and so even i can understand like when the idea of protecting children right so you remember i spoke out okay we had the don't say gay bill for example and so i spoke out and we just bouncing around some topics i hope to have my brother back with his professional and clinical perspective on things. We haven't even touched mental health, but we're getting there. But with the don't say gay bill, for example, as an LGBT woman, I just didn't feel as outraged about that as people maybe thought with your gay self. You need to be angry that under third grade or you can't talk about this. And I was just like, I stand with the people, but this is one issue that I truly don't feel that passionate about, but it it does divide me because I have to be so many people, and especially as a representative, and and as a therapist, you have to, I'm sure you have to figure out which perspective am I going to speak from? Am I going to speak from the faith-based perspective, the Southern perspective? Am I going to speak from a family perspective, or do I want to be fair and just and say,
2: this is a mental health conversation now because in most of my sessions, I end up discussing core value. What you believe in may be different today than 10 years ago, and it should. Absolutely, if you're doing it right. We should always evolve and grow. And when I think about politics, what made me care a little bit more, besides my sister running for office, is understanding that the vote and politics can be a vessel to help get things done and get things to be a little better. Maybe not fix all of my problems, but to speak on the Democrat versus Republican conversation, I was born a Democrat, you could say, because I was born a black man. And before I could speak, I'm sure the community around me supported certain political ideology.
0: And told you this is what we are. This is what we do. Putting that stamp on
2: us. Fit for that time. So for instance, I'll just be completely honest here. I believe that there are, when we get to race, that's one of the hardest issues to tackle today. And it will never go away in this country. Because it's obvious who has the majority of the wealth and the resources versus the other group. But it's when, white people. That's right. Yeah. White, people white people have like the, the majority of the, <laughs> the majority, access yep. and the, and the, the Just comforts to of not worrying Just about their in, <laughs> in case y'all didn't
0: know. In case y'all didn't know. that's what we're dealing with.
2: I believe that there are racist Democrats and racist Republicans. And I believe that there are genuinely good-hearted people in both parties that care about humanity. But what I'm starting to pay attention to is that If one party has gotten the support for decades and our situation does not appear to be better, I may not be an example of that because I have high education and I'm successful. So nobody can on the surface say, if you're in America as a black man, you can't complain. Yeah. But I know a lot of others that do not have my story. So
0: agree or disagree. Do you think when it comes to the issues that black people face in America, just answer it straight out. I agree or disagree. Do you think it's because we just black folk ain't picking itself up by the bootstraps enough?
2: No, I disagree.
0: Okay, okay, okay.
2: I believe that we could possibly leverage the political parties. Mm. And the reason why I've started to pay attention to both sides is that black people, I believe, make up about 15% 15% percent, of Yeah. this country's population. Yeah. 12. 12 point, okay, Look at, so that, see, yeah, around. I like that, I like smart 15, people. 15, that's, <laughs> so so that's, that's, that's why mess with
0: you, Cindy, right there. So that's a small like
2: number. So for okay. one, if we're able to take just that 12% and say we will unify our vote yeah, and give it to whichever party is going to help
0: us. Ooh, that unity piece is, that's not that unity piece is I don't, strange. I don't,
1: so... I've been holding back because i want to listen mm-hmm. because we're talking about racial issues and white people are always being told that you've got to listen first so right. i've been trying to do that but i want to let you know i've been reading recently ibrahim kindi's how to be an anti-racist have you read
0: no i've never heard of that book so, see we gonna have to start a juice pot we're gonna have to we're gonna have to so, because we refer to books
1: too much so go ahead. wonderful by the way and it's really what i appreciate most about it if you haven't read it is he is now he is a black man a professor, and he started with many of the same questions that you all are talking about right now. With right. CMU, what does it mean to go to an HBCU? But how essentially what he called the dueling consciousness, which W. What yes called the consciousness is in, in yes. Ter- yes internalized within black folks, and so how so he talks about where like light color contacts how they look good. But I right. realized that that was part of this colorism component. And he started to unpack some of the things about his own identity and perspective that mm-hmm. were racist mm-hmm. against his own community. So Definitely. It was, it's was. it been a really Ooh, interesting- Ooh, and it's an,
0: ongoing, it's an ongoing battle because yeah. I struggle with whether to be palatable in certain circumstances or whether to show up as my full black self or right. what is my full black self. But going back to the political piece, Chucky, why do you feel like from a person who speaks to the disengaged in a way, politically disengaged. Why do you think black people are so loyal to the Democratic Party or have been?
2: I just think that they haven't really stepped out of it enough to see the results or lack thereof. Hmm. Or stayed in in tune maybe. Or or maybe you're sleepwalking because you have so many other issues as a black person to think about first in this country oh, before you bad. get to an election day. That's a fact. How am I going to feed my children? How am I going to stay safe if I get pulled over by a police officer? Yeah. How am I going to survive? S- yes, expand myself like well areas that I see myself represented. When we saw Barack Obama get elected as president, that did immense, in, intangible things for me in like terms me. of just seeing someone do it, even mm. though I don't know what his politics did for me at the oh. end of his presidency, but right. just seeing a person do it makes you believe that it is possible. And another one could be that at least Democrats will acknowledge racism. Right. The surface, they may be behind closed doors yeah. having the same thoughts as racist Republicans. <gasps> But at least they verbally will acknowledge and say something like Black Lives Matter. Yeah. A Republican will not. I'm they won't even you see with, you. I'm that's why I said, that's why I
0: told you, Cindy, it's not about a necessary. it may be detaching from Democratic Party, but it's not always about going to the Republican Party because you don't feel seen. So you have right. to be comfortable with a level of not being seen in order to even fit comfortably in that space and in that arena.
1: And I think lots of different types of people feel the same way about yeah. different things Working class folks not seeing because all parties are working for the elites Right, okay, they're working for the, the they're working for the wealthy
0: that's why with this tax and just to take a break we bounce around this should be called adhd juice because we bounce around here <laughs> working for the, the wealthy and the elite right that's why i do think ultimately the democratic party is still the more favorable choice when it comes to black people in general. I know this is an ongoing conversation, but I don't even, yeah.
2: Is it even possible though, have you thought about how could if you are going to identify as black first, because I believe that's the main issue that is so hard to get out of any conversation, yeah. education, healthcare, is going to always have a, glaze over it is racial. So when we talk about black being seen, if we were able to vote for either party that would benefit us in each election, you would have the competition then to say, all right, we can't just give lip service and say, we see you, black person. I we love know. you.
0: I personally think Republicans do. <laughs>
2: listen, yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. I think Republicans just simply don't work hard enough to for the for the support of black folk. I think that it's just looked at as an over. It's not worth acknowledging it's not worth the effort to spend time in those communities to explain who you are and that was my criticism i believe i spoke to a group of florida lawmakers this was like a couple of years ago but i'm like can you show up in black neighborhoods can you spend time there instead of having all of these ideas and theories about why black folk don't do this or that or the third why don't you spend time there and actually build relationships but i guess that's it's just not important enough. Maybe not enough of us vote. Yeah, Maybe but, that's why we're looked at politically. Yeah. If you look They're at our, if yeah. you look at
2: our twelve percent. That could swing any election. I mean, Even if you took eight percent. Like most elections are decided but, by just a few but percent. you're saying
0: that twelve percent as if They're
2: all twelve percent exactly. are
0: voting and that's
1: not the case. Because <laughs> and we have uh, lower than that. I'm sure. In no, terms of only eight percent.
0: In person. terms of voting.
1: No, I mean in terms of black. people. All oh, in oh, terms yeah. of population. Our, our percentage in is lower than the state. So, That's so
0: average. so when you talk about that eight percent, and you break that down to how many of that eight percent are actually active voters, so there does become power in the vote when people right. can show, and hey, I, I consistently show up to the ballot box every two years, or I participate in community. But as long as that disconnect is there i think we we unsee ourselves we take ourselves out of that scope of being seen and recognized and and i don't know i, I that's why i feel but torn motivation on it I feel torn on the issue
2: is my one of my passions is motivation mm-hmm. being a therapist and i was a sales rep my whole career is built on figuring out why people do things and a person will vote or they will do anything if they see a value and a benefit mm. for them. Could, yeah, but that's what you, you, you gotta look for that percent, benefit. If it's 2% the first year and they see momentum building, mm. the next year maybe 3. Because I'm here today, you all inspired me to come out and get. Well, that's out when it comfort.
0: becomes a, but that's when it becomes such a show and a competition, and you politicians get accused of pandering and blah blah. Because blah, you do have to put on quite a show to even get people to care, to get people to be concerned. I
2: think it's just value. It's, it doesn't have to be a show. It's value. Like I, I see a result from based on what I did for you as a candidate. Mm. I see a result from it. And the only result that I've gotten personally from any politician since I was born was seeing a black man elected as president. Yeah. I cannot point to anything that's tangible. I know that has been that
0: significant. Now. I agree. Seeing Obama, and that was the first president I was, that was the first election I was eight, old enough to vote in. Yeah. That's crazy, it's but so not like we don't see that all the time. And that's where representation is. If I see more black people involved, so it becomes this vicious cycle of what comes first, the voter of the and and or the goddamn policy or the goddamn person.
2: I just moved from you know, Atlanta, so I was still around when I saw Herschel Walker versus Warnock, both black men. But Warnock's campaign was, he was Democrat, but he still... Felt conservative. He wasn't so just—he didn't
0: feel a, all willy nilly out and
2: here. Herschel Walker appeared to be a puppet, where he just didn't seem to be intelligent. Okay, but he had—it was a runoff for a reason. He had a lot of support. He had a, a lot reason. of
0: support, and, and that's—I think once we, we see those results, that's when we really figure out, wow, this is how y'all really feel, huh? Why is this even such a tight race in the beginning? And so, no matter what, no matter how you feel about people on the other side. You have to acknowledge them, especially when we see a runoff election like Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock, because again, that was a runoff with a man who appeared to be very conservative. He's a preacher in a lot of ways. So a lot of people say, oh, we can identify with that. That must mean he respects family. He respects all of these other things, faith. And he's not just out here wild and crazy, but nevertheless, wow.
1: So some data just recently came out about Florida elections Mm -hmm. and- because as you're saying, yes, we need to listen to people, you have to remember the calculation that politicians are doing Help on the me other understand. Side. Help me understand. It's about who turns out to vote and by how much. Mm. One of the reasons that you saw such a massive red wave in Florida, nowhere more, else in the United yeah, States.
0: Yeah, they were Florida, predicting a red wave in the United States
1: and it was more like a red. But it happened in Florida. We saw huge discrepancies, huge wins for Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. over Charlie Crist. And it's because Democrats stayed home. And that's what they the recent analysis came out is that mm-hmm. the Democrats just weren't compelled to show up to vote. We
0: weren't excited enough. No. Why not? Excited.
1: Why do we, and that that in
0: and of itself is I mean, attractive. Charlie,
1: Charlie is a nice man, but there was but he was too mild. In, yeah. That
0: but here's the thing that in and of itself is why people I think in Florida jumped on the red wave in Florida because it was a squirt in other parts of the country, but people are attracted to the boldness. People yes. are attracted to the one that, that lets it hang, that, that, that can show that power. But then you look at the amount of people that are outraged by policies, like the AP African-American course being blocked by Ronda. Like it, it makes you feel like, wow, where are we? Where are the people that feel that this is something wow? But then when it comes to election day, you see how many people surround us that just...
1: Because here's the thing. Among the voters that voted for Ron DeSantis, how many of them do you think knew or cared that he was going to turn around and ban African American AP history? Nobody knew it,
0: but we could have predicted that. We can Some predict people,
1: it. But the people who you said that it's like, they're like, yeah, this guy, he's cool. He had a commercial, with the jet, yeah, hot wife, he's so excited, he's so cool. He's so bold. Cool. Oh, yeah.
0: Same thing about Trump. Exactly.
1: And this is where messaging and marketing comes yeah. into in the human psychology. We like that. Yeah. And, and here's the other part that's super crazy, is that when we're in times of difficulties, when there's a lot of fear or an instability in our economy and our politics, which absolutely no one's going to disagree that we have been over the past few years, people who have a disposition towards being fearful so people mm-hmm. who are, have high anxiety and mm-hmm. things like that will vote most reliably for authoritarians yeah and people who act authoritarian yeah and there's some great research especially know, when they're love that. yeah
0: because they they make you feel protected they make you feel, safe they make you feel like okay when anxiety. it comes down to us versus them my leader is going to go hard it's the part is so i don't care if they're
1: gonna ban APA african-american studies mm-hmm. in high school that doesn't matter but as I long know, as overall i know if i'm going to battle but it feels like i'm gonna go to battle mm-hmm, i know mm-hmm. that Ron stance is gonna be right versus, versus
0: like you oh, said somebody like charlie chris who's very mild so but cool. then i heard yeah, huh. but listen but then i heard other democrats talking about nikki Fried at the time saying oh i don't like how feisty she is i don't like how and i'm like man that sucks. that's sexist. Awesome. Right. They were saying, I don't like how fight she, she shouldn't do all the talking about her opponent and blah, blah, blah. Oh no. I think you, the candidate got it ultimately. And it's, this goes back to that shucking and jiving and pandering piece that sometimes people get caught up and you got to be attractive in terms of what you stand for. And when I say attractive, you have to be strong enough, bold enough, like cool enough. People want to feel, and that's again, shout out to you Cindy, because you didn't allow people to push you into this bubble of, meek and mild and hi guys, I'm just here with my legs closed tight and I'm just being all conservative. You stepped and you continue to step hard. And I think that I don't see why more people don't support you because of that, but it's coming. It's they coming. Do.
1: They do. So let's talk about that because actually in every race that I've run, I've outperformed. I've outraised. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did. And in 2022, I even outbe out ran all the state candidates. So Go Charlie, and Chris, two to four points on all the state candidates, and also I was 1.3 percentage ahead of the predictions based on the political science. Right? That's because there's a difference between the voters and the political elite.
0: Yo, and, and there's th- a difference between the supporters and the voters too. That's what pisses yes. me off.
1: And, oh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lay a bomb Man. on here. Okay. We have to acknowledge that the base of the Democratic Party right now, Mm. the largest amount of voters, the largest amount of donors are older white people. And that's why you're getting so many things wrong, Yeah, okay? Because they're coming from a different era when it comes to sexism. And I faced it over and over again. I, they come from a different era on racism. They're coming from that era where it's all colorblind.
0: I, if I had a dollar for every time somebody, a white person said, I don't see color, I'm like, baby, you ain't gotta say that for me to be a friend. I might like yes. you anyway. It's like almost that is the new thing for yeah. white folk to
1: say is that I don't see color. I want you to see color. Cause it protects themselves and it's a privilege they're privileged but it protects themselves from having to acknowledge or mm. act on any systemic racism. and
0: sometimes i think they just don't want to answer for people who may have been more extreme or owned a couple of people back in the day, I don't think they want to be responsible for it. Sure. So by saying I don't see color, that kind of says I'm I'm not like those other ones that do see color. And this, is, this was popular in the 80s and
1: 90s. Mm-hmm. That was the nouveau post-racial mm-hmm. society.
2: Just quickly, when we talk about our fundamental developmental years of a child, when you grow up in a home where your parents were probably... Either racist or uh-huh. just racist philosophies that uh-huh. they were surrounded by. It didn't have to be overt every day. I hate blacks. I hate, but if you saw your parents interact in a certain way with uh-huh. black people, it's in your subconscious to act the same way. Now, as your brain develops and you get to your prefrontal cortex, up here at Come on, prefrontal. Your conscious mind is telling you, "Yeah, it is not realistic to hate every black person based on their skin tone."
0: Yeah, it's yeah. not.
2: Smart is not something that I find joy in to oppress another group of people, but your subconscious is still there. It's more powerful than your conscious. So you, the things that you do come out as racist, even though you are consciously trying to be- You're trying not to
0: be, and this is why you see a lot of evangelical Christians voting with that were so gung-ho about Trump. It's like, how can you be both? And that conversation has come up a lot too, because- The seed may be there and going back to roots, you will vote leaning in that in one direction or another. But even though you may say, I don't, you're right, I don't want to be associated with this. I don't, that is a little extreme to be enslaving people and all that stuff or oppressing people. Nevertheless, this conversation can go on and on. And
1: back to how to be an Mm -hmm. anti-racist, he talks about that even as a, black man growing up and his parents being working Mm -hmm. professionals in the 80s and 90s Mm -hmm. as in this trying to be post-racial and so how do you deal with that Mm -hmm. right there's these certain contortions that you make to get along and it takes work to undo that Mm. and that's the thing
0: shout out to those that's doing the work yeah way. in your mind too it's like
1: you've got to catch yourself on all these things that you've been programmed with because of what you saw around you mm. white people and black you people you better continue to societies.
0: challenge yourself and continue to yeah. end, extend and educate yourself as we wrap it up tonight tell the Love people that. how they can find you how they can connect with you
2: i am on facebook at Chuck roads r-h-o-d-e-s, R-H-O-D-E-S. And you can also look up my website, which we'll get on. The Dating Cookbook has a website. And you can also email me at datingcookbook at gmail.com.
0: And you can find The Dating Cookbook on On Amazon. Amazon. Get that book, check it out, and let us know how you feel about it. I'm going to wrap us up tonight just by saying I love knowledge. That is one thing that gets me going and really cooks my grits well is to be educated and to be because knowledge is truly power I feel empowered we love you and thank you for tuning in to the juice thank you Chuck Thank Thank you. this has
1: been the juice with Dr. Cindy Banning and Chantel Chantel Rhodes our special guest Chuck Rhodes my brother Mr. Chuck Rhodes All right, Big Mouth Media so thanks for joining us if you're watching us live and make sure that you check out BigMouthMediaFL.com you can tune in to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts Apple, Spotify, Google, Audible it's all over. Definitely. And I don't want to, I don't want you to miss a thing. So if you did miss this broadcast here, you can get the video, the edited video by becoming a foundation member of Big Mouth Media. You go to Prices and Plans for $50. dollars we got this special only $50. $50 forever. And that's just getting us off the ground. If you become a Come foundation on, support member, us. $50, you get access to all the content. So right, all Dr. Right. Cindy speaks, all misinformational with Rebecca Jones, all the video juice fresh shock We got new. Videos coming on every week, we're adding new. So, if you become one of our foundational members, you help Big Mouth Media get off the ground, then you will get access to all that content wow. for the future duration. Let's do it. This is only $50.
0: This is a seed planet.
1: All Just right, Thank you to Seed and Bean out out for hosting us here. Make sure it's calm. so
0: lovely in here, man. Just come and hang out come with us coffee. Thursday. Meet us here Thursdays about 5.30, 6 yeah, o'clock. Let us know. And you can hear us live and let us know if you want to be a guest on our show. Absolutely.
1: All right. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next Peace. time. Peace.